You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. You are now locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. It is Wednesday, November 10th, 2021, and it is time for a little tight endage talk with the Baroness of Blockers herself. That's right, folks. Claire Classy Claire Cooper joins me here today on the hot seat on your daily home for news notes and analysis infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. And of course, Locked On listeners, thank you for making Locked On Patriots your first listen each and every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots is free and available on all platforms. And today's episode of Locked On Patriots is brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It is also a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. And speaking of loving it, I love it every single day when you take time out of your busy schedule to join me here on Locked On Patriots. My name is Mike DeBate, and I am your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. I also cover your New England Patriots for Patriot Maven of Sports Illustrated. Reach out to me and follow me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there doing some Wednesday wandering through the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Pats fans, it is Wednesday here on the pod, and we are about to turn our full attention toward the Cleveland Browns and a Week 10 matchup that also is 5-4, and four, coming off of a very impressive win in Week 9. But Sunday's Week 10 matchup at Gillette Stadium is not the only thing making the rounds in Patriots media. There's also Odell Beckham Jr., and the watch continues as to whether or not he will be selected for a new team anytime soon. The Patriots also continue to deal with the aftermath of their victory over the Carolina Panthers 24-6 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tons to talk about, including maybe a little strategy when it comes to tight endage. So who better to discuss all of these matters with than the Countess of Class herself, the Baroness of Blockers, the Queen of TE, the Empress of Tight Endage, Claire Classy Claire Cooper joins me here today, and we will discuss all of those points and more when Claire Classy Claire Cooper joins me here on the hot seat when this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Hello again, Patriots fans. This is Mike DeBate with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free, then use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And here's the best part. There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and even other brands. So, don't delay. Do it today. Download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Use the code TOUCHDOWN when you download GetUpside. Patriots fans, getting a chance to share the microphone with my guest today is truly one of the honors of being host of Locked On Patriots. And for the past few weeks, it's becoming a regular occurrence here on Locked On. No complaints on this end. Judging by the downloads, no complaints on your end either. She is back for another round of not only tight endage talk, but a ton of Patriots news going around. And I know you know who she is because it's pretty safe assessment that it's a voice, an accent, and a giggle that you know very, very well. From West Midlands in the UK, she is a Patriots writer for Pat's Propaganda, 
the third voice of One Patriot's Place, and of course, a special contributor, columnist, and podcast host extraordinaire for full press coverage, Patriots, where her own Patriots podcast, The Flair Perspective, is one of the great listens that you can of, that you can find anywhere in Patriots media. It is my honor to and welcome back the esteemed Princess of Class herself, Claire, Classy Claire Cooper. Thank you so much, Claire, for joining me today from across the pond. Welcome back to Locked On Patriots. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much for having me in the lovely introduction, as usual. <laughs> well, you know, I always live for my introductions. I'm always truthful. <laughs> I'm always honest. It always comes from the heart. No, in all actuality, I mean, I've been very, very honored to be joined here on the microphone uh, with guests that are tremendous. Uh, and they really, really humble me to be able to do a business like this, too be able to share the microphone with people that really bring so much to the table that are not only great human beings, but also so knowledgeable and, and very insightful in their uh, insight that they provide here to Locked On Patriots. And you're second to none in that group, my friend. You really have become a fixture here on Locked On. Uh, and we always appreciate you taking the time out to join us today, especially on a day where there's a lot of stuff going around here in Patriots Nation. It really, really is busy times for the Pats. They're not only at five and four now with uh, a chance to contend for the playoffs and really actually in a very, very good situation right now when it comes to the playoffs. The Patriots have a very high outlook uh, in terms of uh, uh, their positioning and making the postseason, but there's also Cleveland Browns game coming up this week. Um, you know, Mac Jones, how he's playing. The Patriots starting to round in a little bit on offense, be able to develop some, uh, um, you know, synergy there with the, uh, with the running game and the tight ends. There's a lot going on with the defense. But all anybody can seem to talk about this week, Claire, is the fate of Odell Beckham Jr. As we're sitting here recording this, obviously, Claire is in a different time zone, folks. But <laughs> most of you listening to this in New England, it's about 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning, November 10th, and Odell Beckham Jr. watch continues to happen. And there's all kinds of rumors out there of people that are spotting him at Logan Airport. Uh, supposedly, he <laughs> flew into some Air Force base to uh, secretly meet with Bill Belichick, uh, very covert, you know, and uh, something like something out of, uh, you know, some sort of uh, military mystery novel or, you know, I mean, there's all different kinds of rumors out there. But let's stick to the sources that are actually legitimate. Um, last night, Adam Schefter reporting, obviously, that Nodell was not claimed on waivers by any team in the NFL. And as the night started to progress, you started to hear things gradually about the Patriots possibly showing interest. Jeff Howe, for one, of The Athletic, a source that we trust you know, implicitly, said that there had been contact between the Patriots camp and Odell, more of an exploratory nature than anything else. Then you hear little smatterings. Evan Lazar of CLNS Media, who we both know very well, said that mm -hmm. the Patriots' interest is, in fact, very real. So nobody's saying that this is not happening, but I'd be very cautious about these quote-unquote, accounts that magically appear whenever a big-name free agent is available, uh, and they start to think that they have inside information that they, quite frankly, just don't have. Um, Claire, when you look at Odell Beckham Jr., putting all the rumors and all the innuendo aside, just from a pure football perspective, what are your thoughts on the Patriots' attempt to acquire Odell Beckham Jr., and at the end of the day, do you think he might end up being a member of Patriots? Well, firstly, let me just go back and touch on what you were saying. I don't have any major inside sources, so I won't be claiming anything like that on this show or any of the show. Um, and maybe, perhaps... <laughs> because you have integrity, my friend, and that's something that's <laughs> severely lacking in social media, especially in New England Patriots social media sometimes, some of the accounts that are out there. But I digress. Please continue. <laughs> and if I did have any inside sources, we all know that all I'd be really interested in is tight ends and Ryan Zell and Hunter Henry. So, you know, it's kind of a bit of a moot point. But uh, maybe the um, maybe the aeroplane or the secret kind of flying that they saw was actually all to do with the fact that it's kind of like the Marine Corps' birthday today. So maybe it was just that. And he just, you know, completely got it all wrong. So happy birthday to the devil dogs today. Um, <laughs> and moving swiftly along, as you said, on to Odal. Now, See, personally, I mean, I think the key that maybe is being missed or avoided or just, you know, just not taken into consideration, they don't want to, I, you know, I don't know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Um, the key is that 
we aren't actually certain at this stage what Odell Beckham's skill level is now. I appreciate that a couple of years ago, you know, he kind of a total superstar, but he's had an ACL injury um, that ended his season last year. So, you know, kind of like his speed could be in question. And that was something that was always a positive, you know, you know something that was ticked in regards to him going forward. So, you're also looking at wanting a guy that you don't necessarily know how good he is anymore. I'm not saying he's bad. I, you know, I'm not saying he's amazing. I'm not saying either because I don't actually know. And that's my point. We haven't really seen him. So I just kind of wanted to sort of touch on that situation. And I mean, the thing that I'm concerned with, if they do bring him in um, as a Patriot, should I say, is I am concerned with the the whole he wants catches situation. Now I know it was a, you know, it's a big social media thing and it was his dad that put it out there and this, that and the other. And, and there's, there's all those kind of things, but we've got a developing rookie quarterback who's got an offensive line that currently, I know we'll probably touch on this a bit later, but currently has issues. So is utilizing, you know, you know, we're looking at utilizing the running game more significantly. So is now really a time to plug in a receiver who is demanding that his pass ratio is increased? Do we really need to put that kind of pressure on a developing quarterback who we're trying to make into kind of like the next big thing for the Patriots, the next dynasty, the next franchise guy? You know, the the, the central integrity piece of integral piece, sorry, of the team. And I'm just not sure if this is the year that putting, even if we knew Odell Beckham was kind of still Odell Beckham Jr. as you know of old if that would really sort of work with the dynamic I mean I personally me Claire the fan just don't think it's kind of worth it you've got to look at there's so many factors to me that it feels like a negative and that's not a slight on him as a player at all it's just there's so many other factors money kind of Matt Jones that who we've already got who they've already spent money on for it to really look like a feasible thing now Bill's probably going to completely you know kind of throw all this out the water and sign him because you know we think he's probably not going to so you know that will be the amusing thing but on the whole of it I just can't see how it works how some of the fans can I know that there's the the outcry for the wide receiver one and this that and the other and he would be a prime candidate for that kind of position but again not to repeat myself we don't actually know at this stage if he is still that wide receiver one you know we could bring him in and he could just you know not match any speed with Jacoby Myers or something you know the, the people that are so, sort of supposedly being our wide receiver one at the moment now I know there's there's kind of that's debate as well if it's Myers if it's Bourne if it's Aguilar you, you know I think it's kind of a tricky one to that that's never been really my forte with the wide receiver one and this and the other they're all there and they're all playing kind of thing but that's sort of my inexperience sort of showing and I just think that with what they've spent who they've brought in I just can't see it myself. Um, personally, I just I just don't really see it. And I also don't really see the point. Now, if they bring him in, I, I won't be like, oh, God, that's terrible. Because I trust in Coach Bill. He knows way more than I do about everything. So he's going to know what's right and what's wrong for the team. So if he thinks it's worth a shot bringing him in, then that's great. I won't change my mind on that I didn't necessarily think it was a great idea for the reasons that I've highlighted, because those reasons might not actually change, but they might. He could come in and not be the guy who wants lots of numbers. He wants to work with the team. Maybe he wants the respect of working under Bill Belichick, that sort of thing. So as I said, if they bring him in, I won't be kind of oh, throw my hands up in the air and be like, oh, that's it. I'm done. I can't deal with this anymore. But if they don't bring him in, I really... I. I'll be non-fussed it'll just be another Wednesday or another Thursday or whatever day he goes wherever he's going kind of thing that's I think you make some excellent excellent points and you know I I've been on the fence about this for a while I've kind of flip-flopped back and forth and I'll be the first to admit it you know my opinion has has gauged and changed a lot over the past few days since we found out that he was soon to be either a free agent or that he was going to be you know, made available on the free agent market, whether he was going to be claimed by waivers. I mean, there's all different kinds of 
uh, you know, ups and downs that this has taken mm-hmm. throughout yeah. the last week or so. Look, bottom line, when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr., there's no question about the potential of talent. This guy has shown it. He's got tremendous yeah. speed. When he's healthy, That's the key. he's That's got the key. excellent potential hands. Of when talent. he's healthy, yeah. exactly. And he's very much a good teammate when he's locked in. When he's not, and there's difficulties, and we saw this in New York with the Giants, we saw it in Cleveland with the Browns, there can be negatives attached to that. Now, the reason I'm not as worried about those negatives as I would be if you were going to a different team, so to speak, is that the Patriots have largely been able to keep those matters in check. Whenever there's Mm -hmm. been a player like Antonio Brown a couple of years ago where it just doesn't look like it's going to be a fit, they don't have any type of qualms or trepidations about moving on from these guys. They continue to cultivate that culture of winning and doing things in quote unquote, the Patriot way. I think if Odell Beckham Jr. is going to sign with New England by his own free will, this is not a trade or anything like that. People are comparing it to Randy Moss. Randy was traded for, that was a trade that was worked out between the, the New England Patriots and the Oakland Raiders at the time. A trade brought Randy Moss here. Odell is going to sign here in his own volition. If he's going to mm-hmm. do that, he knows full well that walking through that door, there's a standard that has to be set playing for Bill Belichick. And say what you will about Odell having any type of off-field issues or character issues or anything like that. There is a tremendous amount of respect that this young man has for Bill Belichick and the way he does things. He's going to come in knowing that. He's also going to come in knowing that. He's going to be playing alongside a rookie quarterback. And Evan Lazar said this very eloquently on Wednesday, on Tuesday night, excuse me. And he said, it's going to come down to whether or not Odell Beckham Jr. wants to play for Bill Belichick or whether he wants to play with an established quarterback. That's not necessarily mm-hmm. a knock on Mac Jones, but I think people in, especially in Patriots Nation, forget this kid is a rookie. He's going to continue to make some rookie mistakes. He's not the second coming of Tom Brady automatically. There will never be another Tom Brady. I hate to break it to Patriots fans, but anybody thinking that this kid or anybody is going to step in and do what Tom did here for 20 years is probably deluding themselves into thinking that. Now, I believe Mac can be a very successful quarterback i can i believe he has the tools to be a top level quarterback in this league for many years to come your future patriots fans is definitely in good hands with mac jones but the type of expectations that's put on him i think are unfair at times and Mm -hmm. that's where you have to really i think gauge what odell beckham jr is going to believe when he comes in here if he wants to play with a top flight quarterback and get his touches New England might not be the destination for him. But if he believes that New England is the best place for him to win and he really wants to play for Bill Belichick, by all means, I think the Patriots will do their due diligence. I do believe there is interest there. And at the end of the day, I'm not saying that it's not possible by any stretch of the imagination. I heard somebody, uh, uh, you know, by feedback say that I was very negative uh, when it came to uh, uh, to the Patriots uh, uh, pursuit of Odell Beckham Jr. because of a piece that I wrote last week for Mm -hmm. Sports Illustrated. I wasn't saying that they shouldn't. I just said that the Patriots need to think about whether or not they should pursue him as opposed to whether or not they just could. So let's do it for the hell of it. Uh, There's a lot that needs to go into that decision. So at the end end of the the day, day, (laughs) at the end of the day, even if you did think that they shouldn't, even if that was your opinion, at the end of the day, you're entitled to your opinion. And just because everybody doesn't agree doesn't necessarily mean... I mean, I haven't got a strong opinion necessarily either way. It's sort of, well, I have. I, maybe I'm being quite negative against him because I just quite don't quite see the fit myself personally. But that is just my opinion. And as I said, if he did come, I wouldn't be like, throw hands up, oh, no, hell no, that's terrible. But everybody is entitled to their opinion. and he, So even if you did think that it's like oh god no that's a terrible idea you'd be well within your rights to because you can only go on the information that you have personally and what you think and at the end of the day everybody's entitled to think what they want to think kind of thing absolutely and it's true and then you take a look at some of these again these accounts that crawl around out there uh, as we're speaking diana rossini of espn someone with an established record uh mm-hmm. and again folks i caution you to Follow the accounts with established records, not someone with shaky credibility um, on the day in which he could make his final decision. Free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. is honing in on the Chiefs, Packers and Saints for league sources. So take that for what you will. At the end of the day, he could end up in New England, but 
don't come crashing and burning for the Patriots uh, potential uh, for this season if this move does not work out because Claire, the New England Patriots had a pretty impressive performance on Sunday when it comes to their dismantling of the Carolina Panthers 24 to six dominant performance on the defense without any question, some high spots on the, uh, the offense as well. Um, were some offensive sputters. There's no question about it. That's something the team's going to have to work through. But ultimately, I think the team walked away from this feeling pretty good. What were your final takeaways uh, from the field uh, with the Patriots' victory over the Panthers on Sunday? Some of the key things that you said there is, I mean, I I must admit, I thought it was, a, my my kind of perspective was it was a bit of a scrappy game. It was a little bit of a, at, at times, in all fairness, but a lot of that was probably um, in the first quarter and to do, or first half, sorry, and to do with, with kind of the offence. It was... That was the the sort of the downside of the game. Unfortunately, was the offense at, at that point, as has been said quite regularly on many podcasts between the game and now is the defense and the positives of the defense and the strength that the defense had and the the possible return of the boogeyman, which I do actually quite like. I've got to admit, I know people think it's crass, but I do quite like it. So I do quite like the return of the boogeyman. It's quite good. So uh, I mean. The the one thing that I did enjoy with the within regard to the receptions, I mean, obviously the sorry interceptions. Um, having several interceptions per game is great, but I liked the fact that JC had two, um, and I'll I'll give my reasonings because Stefan Gilmore had one, and it was like, oh, did it have to be him? It had to be Gilmore, didn't it? Had to be Gilmore that did that to us. But JC saw his interception. And raised him an interception. That's what. So, and I really like that. I like the kind of the, yeah, the whole the story that that gives is he got one. It doesn't matter. I had two, so I quite like that. The, Absolutely. The concerns of the offensive line are still are still lingering like a cloud over us, unfortunately. And you just hope that it'll just take a little bit more time and they'll really solidify. It's unfortunate because they looked like they were really getting back into their groove. I mean, the beginning of the season was tricky with with the the moving pieces and they're not quite knowing where we should slot everybody in and Trent Brown only sort of playing, I think he played a, a quarter or something. He, well, he really didn't play much of the season, but and he was going to be a significant sort of key in the offensive line as we as so we thought I suppose I should say so the shuffling around of the offensive line may have caused some weaknesses here and there but it did look like they were getting into their groove I think it was the Jets game I think that was that was more obvious in so for them then to kind of drop off in in this game was was a little concerning so I'm just hoping that they can get their jam back together and that'll all be great so it's and it's really good that we had such a a strength of the defense coming forward because the secondary was something that I worried about but the one thing that I do well the one thing I don't worry about performance wise but I do worry about his safety wise is Matt Judon because as many people have, have also mentioned is the guy is a baller he's a beast whatever you want to call it he is got to have been the best signing that the Patriots made possibly in years but obviously for this year and I say that and you know I love when we so we'll move on to that later but you know he he goes out there and he just he just gives it sort of 150% and it's and it's amazing to see but the poor guy is held like nobody's business and he never gets I think he he finally got so where are we? It was week nine. So in, in the ninth week of the season, he finally got, I think it was in the fourth quarter, a penalty call that he was being held. I think it was, yeah, I think it was the fourth quarter. So he it finally got recognised that poor Matt Dudon was having penalties against him kind of thing. But he's he's held every game. It's sort of, it's like, they must think he's sort of that much of a beast that it doesn't matter if he's being held back or anything. He'll, he'll get out of it. He's that good sort of thing for, for the officials to, to not call. I did notice that he was being held at one point and he was stretching that far to kind of get hold of Sam Donald that he actually got a hand on him. So he was being held by an offensive lineman and he still managed to get fingers on Donald, which I thought was that did, amused me quite, you know, quite a lot in all fairness. So, yeah. In regards to the game, I think it's just the same as everybody's touched on. The the defence bringing it and the offence, sort of the, the slight of the offence. The running game was utilised great. And it's so unfortunate that we've got the significant injuries 
that that are going forward for I think it's Gunnar Harris not that Gunnar's a runner but Gunnar Harris and um Stevenson all with head slash concussion injuries is is quite concerning so you know as as we'll probably talk about later in regards to the the Browns game that that that's definitely something to worry about I think you wanted to touch upon um, what happened with Matt Jones. I know a lot of people are saying that he did dirty and he played dirty, that kind of thing. My personal opinion on it is I don't think it was intentional. He got sacked and the opposition got the ball and he was reaching to grab the guy that was kind of what he thought was making away with the ball and that was Burns. And I think it it wasn't... You can't taint a guy with one thing from one single play. He's played so well, kind of in his old in his in his whole career. I apologise, and this is the first time that something like this has come up, and to sort of suddenly slander him as as dirty. I think a lot of Patriots Nation that leaves a, a, a sour taste in their mouth. I think it's a bit too far, considering the guy that they're claiming it was dirty on um, hit both Stevenson and Harris in the game and possibly why they're out with concussion and somebody showed me a clip I don't actually know what year it was but I just saw that it was a Titans game of him grabbing hold of somebody's ankle and pulling so you know unfortunately these things happen in this game and I think to to call a guy like that dirty who there was no you you didn't see the intent there that there are times when you see people's intent so yeah, I just think that was um, pretty harsh. Possibly the the um, the uproar by the Panthers fan base may have been. Um, I saw a clip of the Panthers Bronco Super Bowl. Uh, they were down by six, and Cam Newton was their quarterback at the time, and he was making a drive. Four minutes left on the clock, and he loses the ball, and instead of diving on the ball to maintain it. He kind of stands there and looks at it and then the Broncos get the ball and they lose the game. And I think maybe there was some residual, maybe some residual jealousy of the Patriots, of the Panthers fan base, thinking that how Matt Jones will throw himself into anything. And they had a quarterback that maybe didn't. So maybe there's there's some animosity sitting there. Someone has mentioned to me. So, you know, there's, there's, there's always possibilities for these kind of things. But I want to touch on something good, something that I enjoyed for that game was um, I mentioned on One Patriots place with Stephen Murph, actually. My favourite, one of my favourite plays in the game was midway into the second quarter. Stevenson had the ball and he showed Sean Chandler, who's boss with his stiff arm out of the club. And I'm not condoning violence. As I've always mentioned, I never condone violence. But when somebody kind of just just oozes that kind of athletic ability to be able to do that sort of, yeah, that's those are the sort of things that the kind of things that I like. But I think that kind of goes back to the whole tight end kind of thing. I'm that kind of girl that likes to watch that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know Claire's pension for loving to watch <laughs> tight endage, folks. That is not a surprise to anybody. Uh, how could it be? Uh, we have, you know, we, we call her the empress of tight endage for a reason. The queen of TE. She's got all of these, the baroness of blockers, all yeah. of these, uh, you know, names that she uh, has amassed throughout <laughs> the course of the few, last few months are well deserved but uh i think you make a very very good point on the tight endage we'll talk about the tight ends in just a little bit um you did touch upon uh mac and the controversy that's brewing about whether or not this was a dirty play or that he twisted the ankle i'm sick and tired of seeing the curt angle ankle lock uh you know jip files floating around uh making yeah. it look like you know he was trying to uh to, to injure um brian burns look bottom line burns came in hit him with a very, very tough shot. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a legal hit. I mean, I'm not saying that it was dirty. So uh, the other day I made a comment about, you know, I saw that in my recap, someone saw in my recap that I put, he put a crushing hit on Mac Jones. And they're like, oh, you're saying he was dirty? I said, no, I'm not saying that in the least. It was a good hit. It was a very <laughs> hard hit. And Mac got hit pretty good. He got up instinctively. He's thinking the guy that hit me must have the ball. He's trying mm-hmm. to make the tackle. Was it a bad way to make the tackle? Absolutely. Did Mac, you know, show maybe uh, poor form or poor, you know, judgment in that situation? 
probably, but where's there an intent to harm or an intent to injure? No, all these people saying they can see him twisting the uh, uh, the ankle is absolute you know, rubbish. I mean, take a look at the actual footage, folks. Brian was trying to twist to get away, so that really yeah, was exactly. a perfect storm for the yeah. two of them. So anybody that thinks that this kid was trying to, uh, uh, to, to harm, that's not what was happening. He's trained and he's practiced to go after the ball. The minute you the minute you lose the ball, you automatically become a defender. Your job is to try to secure the football or go after it as best you can. And that's what Mac Jones was doing in that situation. So, you know, yeah. a lot is going to be made of it and a lot will continue to be made of it, but at the same time, there are just things that, that have to end up being done. So, you know what, we'll, uh, we'll definitely uh, take a lot from this game, but I'm glad that you mentioned the defense. Uh, Matt Judon continues to look excellent. Christian Barmore has been phenomenal. Oh, sorry. We yes, Christian keep Barmore guys, as well. Yep. <laughs> we want to keep <laughs> these guys healthy, and hopefully we will continue to do so. And one of the ways in which we'll do so is for the Patriots to maybe put up a few more points on the offensive side of the ball that defense well rested and healthy for the stretch run into the playoffs that includes tight endage and in just a moment here on locked on patriots our resident tight endage expert will lend her wisdom and counsel not just on hunter henry her favorite subject to talk about now that ryan Izzo is not in new england but also Janu smith could Janu be deployed in a little bit of a different manner than we're used to seeing him deployed in every sunday more with Classy Claire Cooper when this episode of the Locked On Patriots continues. Locked On listeners, Built Bar, the most delicious, healthy protein bar you've ever tried, has so many delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, and I have folks, believe me when I tell you, there are a lot of you out there, they are passionate about their favorites. If you don't know about the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. But the best part of Built Bar is not even just the delicious flavors they provide. It's the fact that in addition to them being delicious, they're also one of the most healthy treats available today. Each Built Bar has between 17 and 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories per bar, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. Flavors like coconut, cherry barcia, love that name, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and so much more. When you want a treat that's not only pleasing to your palate, but also great for your health, don't delay, do it today. Make Built Bar your go-to protein bar right now. Visit Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Once again, Locked On listeners, this episode of Locked On Patriots is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. And McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing not only that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi, but also an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, the away team, even coming together, can come to recharge. McDonald's is the place you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. We're all sports fans here, Locked On listeners. Whenever you're heading on a long road trip to your favorite stadium or deep into enemy territory, is there a more welcome sight than those golden arches? For me, that was as much of a highlight as the game itself, maybe even more. Let McDonald's help you to live in the moment by recapturing the comfort and fun of old memories and making some new ones. Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. Folks, Patriots fans, my good friend, the Countess of Claz herself, the Empress of Tight Endage, Claire, classy Claire Cooper joins me here on the pod today, and it's always my honor, always my privilege to share the microphone with Claire. And Claire, you've lent some excellent insight, whether it be Odell Beckham Jr. or whether it be uh, the Patriots' uh, victory over the Panthers and what your thought process was and your final thoughts on some of that uh, on Sunday and the victory that we saw the New England Patriots pull off. But this week heading into the Cleveland Browns matchup could be very interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, one of which that's tangible uh, could be the health of Patriots running backs. And we both saw, we all saw in Patriots fandom, uh, not only Damian Harris, but also Ramondre Stevenson leave the game um, and left with 
you know, significant head injuries in the fourth quarter. And these can be serious injuries, and they also can be time-consuming for a timetable for their return. If the Patriots might be facing either one or both of them missing significant time, that could be an issue for New England. So I know a lot of people are predicting that the Patriots are going to use some of those open practice squad spots on a running back. I would definitely say that's a fair bet, uh, probably a safe bet to say that they will be bringing one in, considering they don't have a, um, a running back on the practice squad as we speak. But also, people have started to rumble whether or not Jonu Smith may get some carries out of the backfield. And Jonu is an effective ball carrier. He does it out of the jet sweep. He's usually not there for the handoff. There's usually some sort of play that's called, and it's not a, a regular thing for Jonu to do it, but he is capable of doing it. He's got the size and the speed to be able to pull this off. Now, obviously, Hunter Henry is someone that you've watched very closely and he's a <laughs> tremendous route runner he's really developing a great pass catching uh synergy with um with mac jones but when the patriots brought these tight ends in claire it wasn't so that one would be a ball carrier and the other would be a pass catcher they were expected to work in tandem in that 12-man personnel and give mac the choice of being able to go to either hunter or janu in the red zone hasn't quite worked out that way so far, and we're seeing more opportunities for John to be able to carry the ball. He's suffering from a shoulder injury, so this is by no means any type of um, confirmation that this is going to happen. But do you think that there's a chance we may see John Smith carry the ball out of the backfield this weekend? Well, firstly, I just need to address, I don't know what you mean by that I watch Hunter Henry closely. I don't know where you've got that impression from. At all, I, I, I just that, don't as, know. As, as Robert De Niro would say, you know, I, I, I heard things. I, I heard things. A little bit, a little bit. I heard a little bit. Sure. Yeah, this, okay. this girl, this this woman, this woman, Claire, she likes she likes the tight ends a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Maybe just slightly, maybe just slightly, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yes, Smith utilization. He was, yeah, I think he's been used as you mentioned a couple of times as a ball carrier. The concern is the shoulder and what is going to, if he's going to be fit enough to play as such, if him using him, utilizing him as a blocker is sort of worse for his shoulder than utilizing, utilizing him as a runner. This, this is the key that, you know, we, we aren't really privy to, we don't really know. So just kind of going on ifs and buts and candy and nuts really. I think if he's healthy enough to, if, if they see that it, it's okay for his shoulder, yeah, he's he's an athletic guy. He's a big athletic guy. So, you know, what more do you want from from a runner? Um, small and athletic, obviously. Yeah, but you know, a big athletic guy to get him to power himself through. So, I think with the if Harris and Stevenson are out for, for the game completely, and Smith is in, I do think that with those ifs, then yeah, I think utilizing him as as a runner would would be key. The other thing to think about that maybe hasn't been touched upon is you've got a really good fullback in Johnson and he has been a tremendous blocker this year and he's had himself a few hands on the ball occasionally. So I don't think it's without the realms of possibility of them you using him for that sort of play. And although, you know, you, you're taking him away as blocking for the route then, but he's quite powerful. So, you know, he might be able to power through much better anyway. So, I think that's something to sort of consider to keep a sharp eye on, as you like to say. So <laughs> using, <laughs> hopefully they get the chance to utilise Hunter as he has been as as a pass catcher, because, you, you know, with, with the the lack of running backs, you, you, you may see the, uh, you know, uppage in using, using pass catchers in that kind of thing. But I think you're right in, in what you mentioned with the utilisation of Smith. I think it, it could be key. Um, I'd like to see the utilisation of Johnson as well because I do think he's having himself a bit of a year. So I would cheer that on myself just personally, like from a fan perspective. And 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 
Hunter is known for being he's say he's known Hunter has proven himself as a good blocker so if they have to move Smith out as more of a runner to to make the plays then you can be relatively confident that Hunter can be slotted in there to you know to help with the blocking and as as I said as I keep repeating myself um Johnson has been has proven to be a great blocker this year so I think they may be able to sort of scheme it up a little bit. I, I, you know, I don't think you'd want this for the rest of the season. You wouldn't want these options as using your tight ends for and fall back for that kind of thing. But I think maybe for the, for the next game against the Browns, I think it could be something that we could, as I said, scheme up and move using the the tight end and the fullback to sort of cover the the serious hole that we've got in the running back play because of the the lack of Harris and Stevenson if that's how it falls with the injuries absolutely and I do I'm so glad that you mentioned Jakob Johnson because he's such a big <laughs> part of this in terms mm-hmm. of the blocking and also in terms of ball carrying near the end zone I mean people forget yeah. that Jakob is a very capable ball carrier without the prowess of Tom Brady for the quarterback sneak at the goal line, which I know Mac is trying to build into. Again, we hear feedback all the time. Oh, you're being too hard on the kid. He's trying. I'm not being hard on the kid. I think he's doing a good job when it comes to that, but he's not at Tom's level yet. So in order to be able to get that sure thing, you need someone at the goal line that can power through. And not only does John Smith have that capability, which I don't think he'll be utilized that way if he does carry the ball out of the backfield, but Jakob Johnson is so adept at being able to do it. He's earning this job. Not only has he earned it beyond what Danny Vitale was able to bring to the table, uh, he never suited up for the New England Patriots for one good reason, and that was essentially that the New England Patriots felt very secure in Mm Jakob Johnson taking on this role. Ben Mason, Mm -hmm. someone we talked about last week here on the pod, Claire, you and I talked about Ben. He was released from the practice squad earlier this week. So Jakob is definitely, (laughs) you know, he's he's coming into his own in terms of a a fullback. And for anyone thinking that Jakob was done after this year here in New England and they're going to try to, uh, you know, bring some sort of, uh, you know, new blood into the, the system, and I think a lot of people thought that, myself included. Uh, Jakob is definitely doing a great job of, uh, of proving us all wrong. And Chanu, once again, I think you make some great points on him. His strongest suit is being able to maneuver in the red zone. If you can use him as a ball carrier on early downs, throw the defense off a little bit because this Cleveland defense is very good at stopping the run. If mm-hmm. you can somehow be able to do that, it's really going to uh, to give your uh, running game another dimension. So yeah, it's showing the what they're not expecting. Right, Sorry, exactly. to talk over you. It's kind of if if, if you're utilising your fullback and you're utilising your tight end in a way that you would traditionally, shall we say, use a running back, you right. can say it, it's kind of as I said, scheming. You, you you maybe sort of be able to throw even a really good defence off just that little bit. Just you just give them that split second of uncertainty because they're not quite sure with how you've lined up who you're. Hang on a second. Why would you use that guy on this, that, and the other? So it it could help with the sort of as I said, the split second that you need to get that guy through that you maybe wouldn't normally against a really good defense, but because it's a different position and they're not anticipating it so much, then yeah, let's hope that no Cleveland Brown um, players listen to this podcast then, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> well, they very well, they very well could be, uh, they, they very well could be listening. And, uh, you know, we always say keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, players. So who knows? Maybe we're giving away some secrets. Uh, Bill Belichick probably won't be too happy with us. Uh, but, you know, whatever, you know, we got to we, we, we've got to give the information as we get it. That's what we do here on Locked On Patriots. And uh, speaking of the Cleveland Browns, uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up today with my final question for you. Uh, early thoughts on the Cleveland Browns uh, and what the Patriots need to do to get this victory. Both teams coming in 5-4, and four, both teams needing a victory. Uh, their running back core is a little bit depleted as well. We all saw the news about the COVID-19 pandemic sweeping through their uh, running back depth chart. Uh, right now, there's questions about Nick Chubb being able to suit up for this. Demetrius Belton might be on the shelf. Uh, right now, Kareem Hunt is still on injured reserve. Will he be activated? How will the Browns be able to uh, to, uh, to counter that? And, of course, a, a very good defense in all three levels. Miles Bryan, obviously, being one of the uh, the, the, the top uh, uh, Miles Garrett. Excuse me, folks. <laughs> Miles <laughs> Garrett, obviously, being one of the most uh, you know adept pass rushers in the game and also that stout run defense. What are your early impressions on Cleveland, and what can the Patriots do to be able to come out on top? Well, yeah, it's significant with what you said is how the co- how COVID could affect 
what they've got. It, the the team that could suit it right now would be could be extremely significantly different to the team that could suit up on Sunday just because of of negative tests and protocols and that kind of thing. So at this point in time, it's so up in the air with who they might actually have. Um, several of their key elements could come back. They and and they could not. So as you mentioned, um, Hunt. Chubb, you know, very powerful players that might not even be able to be on the field. So their second running back, uh, Johnson, I believe, he's a close contact. From from what I understand, I may be incorrect, but so he may even be out. And I think their third and fourth running backs are out, could be out as well. So, you know, that's their running back core could be utterly decimated uh, at this stage. But some of it, 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 as I mentioned, as I said, sorry to repeat myself, it's very up in the air. One thing that is key is they also have quite a good fallback. So they could mirror exactly what the Patriots might look at doing by utilising um, Janovic, Andy Janovic, their, their fallback. So you may even see him suit up in the way of a running back, the way that the Patriots might use Johnson. So that will be very interesting, from my opinion, to see if they utilise their fallback the way that the Patriots may utilise their fallback. So that's something that I want to sit back and keep my sharp eye, as you like to say, on. So I'd be, I would be interested to, to see if they go down that route. And if they don't compare and, and are depleted at running back the way the Patriots are, I'd like to see how it mirrors if the Patriots end up using their fullback and the Browns don't utilise their fullback, uh, you know, how that plays out. So I'm really interested to see how how all that kind of falls in regards to this game. Now, they've got a quarterback who's a bit, he's a bit banged up with his shoulder, but he's quite screwily. So, you know, he could use his legs significantly. So I think it's a bit of a, it's not a done deal on this. And because there's so much up in the air at the moment it is difficult to call I think and you know the conversation that we'd have today on Wednesday is is completely different to the conversation that we could have kind of like Sunday morning Saturday evening going in so it's difficult to really say at the moment if you're concerned about the game or not I was concerned a little about the game and then I wasn't too concerned and now I'm just not quite sure what I think in all fairness so it does really feel like yeah, you know what? Come back to me on Saturday and I'll tell you how I feel. <laughs> it's true. It really is. This is one of those toss-up type games. And look, the Browns are coming in over a very impressive win over the Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati was a team that started very hot. A lot of people were high on them. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, all of these you know, uh, opportunities for Cincinnati to take that next step. And Cleveland stepped in and really played well against them on both sides of the ball. So Anyone thinking that this is just going to be an afterthought and the Patriots are going to cruise into their, uh, you know, December meetings with the Buffalo Bills riding a hot streak, uh, do not overlook this team, folks. And I know uh, the true fans out there are definitely not overlooking this team. Cleveland is a very formidable force on both sides of the ball. So it's going to be an interesting one. You've given us some things to watch, but I agree with you. This is one of those matchups that can fluctuate by the day, depending on injury and practice reports, uh, depending on, uh, you know, either minor signings or players joining organizations from here on in. Uh, this is going to be a, a, a really, really strong game, uh, you know, for both teams. And it's going to be a fun one to watch at the Foxborough on Sunday. Claire, what can I say? Thank you so much for taking time out, especially from across the pond with a significant time difference for you <laughs> to always come here and lend your wisdom and counsel the way only you can here on Locked On Patriots. For the benefit of those of our listeners that uh, um, you know are new listeners to the pod, please let everyone know where they can find you and all of your great work and what you have coming up in the coming days and weeks from the great pen and the great voice and giggle of Claire Classy Claire Cooper. Oh, well, thank you so much, Mike. As always, it's always my pleasure to come here. It's so much fun recording with you. It's you know, it's never it's never a chore. It's always a good laugh. So yeah, I'm I'm always up for it, as you know. So. If anybody out there who's listening is interested, you can follow me at Twitter on Twitter at Clazy Claire, which is C-L-A-Z-Z-Y-C-L-A-R-E. You can find me at Pat's Propaganda, and that's where you'll find my game recap. So hopefully on Monday, there'll be one out there discussing the hopefully a win against the Browns and how we utilised our fallback. That'd be very that'd be great to write. So yeah, you'll find me at Pat's Propaganda, which is patspropaganda.com. 
I, as you mentioned, I write for FPC Patriot, so that's fullpresscoverage.com, and Full Press Coverage carries my podcaster Claire Perspective. So that's out a couple of times a month. The, the most recent episode came out last week, and that was with Paul Perillo from Patriots.com. So I urge you guys to go over there and have a listen to that. Hopefully you enjoy that. And as always, each and every week, you will find me at One Patriots Place with the lovely Steve Balistrieri and the marvellous Thomas Murphy as we kind of just dissect and cover all things Patriots and often have ourselves quite rather good guests as well. So, there's, you know, if you're interested, there's plenty out there that you'll find me (laughs) absolutely and folks let me tell you if you're not interested you should be uh and i don't say that (laughs) tongue-in-cheek i say that very honestly if you're listening to this podcast you definitely recognize claire uh and the great work that she does if you haven't had a chance yet to check out the great written work and the great podcasting that she does each and every day uh as a member of the the media covering this team uh you're simply missing out it's it's one of the some of the great content that you'll find informative insightful entertaining what more can you ask for in this business and accurate <laughs> and uh exactly and believe me when i tell you accuracy especially when it comes to the odell beckham jr stuff is paramount when it comes to this and claire will always be accurate and honest with you so in light of that my friend uh, we look forward to having you back here very soon on locked on patriots we're making this a weekly occurrence and i'm loving it and i know you are as well and i know our (laughs) fans will too so maybe we'll continue to do that folks what do you think well tune in next week and you'll have the answer to that question in the meantime please continue stay safe stay well and again we look forward to talking to you here very soon once again on locked on patriots Thank you so much, Mike. And everybody, thanks for listening and downloading. So if you keep the numbers up, maybe you'll keep me coming back. So that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Just like that, Patriots fans, we are more than halfway through your work week. But fear not, because there is still a ton of content to come here on Locked On Patriots, including tomorrow's crossover Thursday episode with Jeff Lloyd, host of Locked On Browns. The two of us will break this one down from a Pats perspective and a Browns perspective. We'll be talking Odell Beckham Jr., Miles Garrett, the woes of both teams when it comes to the running game. Folks, it's always an honor to cross the streams with my fellow colleagues here at Locked On. But this is one you are truly not going to want to miss. So to ensure that you do not miss a single second of the action, download, subscribe to, and follow the Locked On Patriots podcast on platforms such as Spotify, the Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure that you are staying locked in to Locked On Patriots. Once again, my name is Mike DeBate. I thank my good friend and colleague, Claire, Classy Claire Cooper, for her time, her insight, and her appearance from across the pond on today's episode. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening and for continuing to make Locked On Patriots your first listen every day and a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Until next time, Foxborough faithful, stay safe, stay well, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone.